Welcome back to To The Point, the Latin American Programs podcast here at the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. Today, our guest is Alex Schober. He's the Southern Cone Analyst at Ducker Frontier. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Listen, you were in Chile in January before the coronavirus and all of its extraordinary economic consequences. Just briefly, what were people thinking about at that point? Obviously, Chile was not in great shape economically with all of the interruptions from the protests of 2019. And the region already was looking forward to a pretty mediocre year. You know, what was the atmosphere in January? And then, you know, how much worse is it now? Well, the atmosphere then was still pretty pessimistic, to be honest. Even though we had been about a month removed from when the protests had kind of ended because of students going on break and because of businesses kind of going on vacation as well, there was still a lot of very noticeable visual changes to the city in the form of graffiti. Uh, A lot of stores were boarded up, especially in kind of the nicer business neighborhoods. A lot of the banks were totally boarded up when they weren't open. So overall, that was sort of visually striking to me because I had been in Chile in September of 2019 before the protests started to to come out. And from a business perspective, I think everyone was pretty much in agreement that January and February were going to be just temporary hiatuses before protests began uh, in March and April before the constitutional vote. But of course, the coronavirus has totally upended uh, that. Now, you authored a recent report at Ducker Frontier that, you know, delved in deeply into the conditions that you've just mentioned, but also spoke about the impacts of the coronavirus. You know, let's start with Chile, because we're already talking about it. Chile now has the problems compounded, all the extra spending to react to the social protests that you referenced, and now this huge stimulus that is being brought to bear on the economic consequences of the coronavirus. Now, Chile is known for having a better rainy day fund than much of the region. Um, Can it afford what it's spending and what are the long-term consequences? Well, it can afford what it's spending now. You you hit the nail on the head by saying that they did have a pretty sizable rainy day fund. I mean, they're tapping into their social and economic stabilization fund, which is effectively their sovereign wealth funds that had over $20 billion before the announcement of this stimulus package. Their debt to percentage of GDP is still not super high compared to the region. It's still in, in in the 30s, which is not too alarming. They've had years and decades of fiscal austerity and uh, you know relatively prudent policy in that regards. So I mean, you kind of ask yourself, well, if you're saving up for a rainy day, this is the rainy day, and uh, you know they're going to be increasing social spending by probably over 10 percent on an annualized basis in 2020. Uh, in 2021, you're probably going to look at some of the leftovers of that as well. But I will say that the this amount of social spending is clearly not sustainable for any economy. I think this is kind of the general question that we're asking ourselves at my company, Ducker Frontier, right now, is what does the fiscal situation for some of these countries look like in 2021, 2022, and beyond when we've kind of come to realization that the amount of spending that's happening from a lot of these economies, in particular Chile, Peru, and uh, Brazil has another pretty big fiscal stimulus package as well. When all of this kind of comes into the reality of we just spent a lot of money, now we need to go back to fiscal austerity mode or counter-cyclical fiscal policy. Uh, at a time that's not particularly advantageous for Chile amidst the context of the social unrest as well, because that obviously will pertain much higher spending as well to address some of the main social demands. 
So what does Chile or other countries in the region get for this additional social spending? As you mentioned, it's probably not sustainable even in Chile, in places like Argentina, all the more so they're printing pesos to be able to afford it with a massive deficit uh, when they're already on the verge of default. You know, who's benefiting? Is it small, medium-sized enterprises, multi-Latinas, the informal sector? Uh, you know, who is getting the stimulus spending? Is it the companies that, for example, you interviewed for your recent report, over 80% of which reported that they're not going to meet revenue targets this year, 52% think as much as 20% under what they had hoped. So which of the companies are benefiting from this extraordinary stimulus? Yeah, that's a great question. I, uh, you know, we have put together a, a resource that's been tracking the economic stimulus packages in the region, uh, the social distancing measures uh, laid out by the governments, obviously. And what we've noticed, the trend is that most of this economic stimulus is being really aimed for cash flow relief to small, medium-sized enterprises, multi-Latinas, not so much the companies that I represent, which are larger multinational companies, mostly based in the U.S., Europe, uh, a few of them in Japan. But you know, a lot of this, especially in Chile, since we're you know, on the topic of Chile, it has been very much focused on small, medium-sized enterprises with the end of being able to pay the employees uh, that are a lot of which are currently out of work because they are, you know, face to face uh, customer facing uh, jobs in the retail sector, for example, uh, in construction, et cetera. And then the other half of the equation is uh, just kind of direct payments to the informal sector or to independent workers. That's something that we've seen uh, in Chile and Peru and in Argentina, at least as far as it regards to the Southern Cone. And that's certainly a, a positive because it's either that or we kind of go down the, the debate of asking ourselves when these quarantines have to end, these people have to work and able to, in order to be able to you know pay for food and what have you. So the good thing is that there the, there is money going right now, but unfortunately the spending is not going to be able to continue forever, which makes us also think that the quarantines won't be able to last forever. Uh, so that's kind of where the economic stimulus is lying right now. And, you know, while the spending continues at this level, and we'll conclude with this question, Alex, is it enough to stop the kind of massive bankruptcies and layoffs that are most worrisome to economists who think about what kind of recovery is possible? I mean, the more businesses that close, the more people who've lost their jobs, presumably the less V-shaped the recovery would be for many of these major economies, including in the Southern Cone. I, that's a really good question and something that uh, I'm very concerned about as far as kind of the 2020 and 2020 out one outlook for, for Latin America from both a social and an economic perspective, because you have to take into consideration that so much of Latin America's uh, hired by small and medium-sized enterprises or in the informal sector, uh, even, you know, most of Latin America has informal rates of at least 50% or around 50%. So, you know, all of this is definitely pretty concerning. Alex Schobert, Southern Cone Analyst at Ducker Frontier, co-author of a new report on economic prospects in Latin America with a particular focus on the impacts of the coronavirus. Alex, thank you so much for joining us on To The Point.